Welcome to another episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. I'm your host, Jason Powers, down here in Tampa, Florida. We are on this Labor Day weekend. We are bracing for a potential hurricane down here in the beautiful Sunshine State. Um, Hurricane Dorian is barreling down on the east coast of Florida. Luckily, over here in Tampa on the west coast, so I imagine we will get some rain um, and some wind and all that stuff, but hopefully the hurricane does not have a direct hit on anybody here on the east coast. There's been some varying models of where they think the hurricane's going to go, and you know some think it might veer off to the right and not have a direct hit on land. But either way, it's still going to be a uh, rough weekend for a lot of us here in Florida with the rain and, the, and obviously the potential of a, of, a, of a hurricane hitting over on the East Coast. So hopefully if you're listening, uh, hopefully you've done some hurricane prep and you've kind of, when it's time to go, if they tell you to go, evacuate, evacuate, and hope everybody stays safe during this holiday. So I know it's going to be a uh, interesting next three or four days here. Uh, with all the the storm coming and everything, so be safe, everybody, and hope everything goes good for you, and uh, you make it make it through the storm okay. Uh, wrapped up week three of the high school football season last night down here in Tampa. Had a blowout game, not a very good game to officiate, but in the rain and all that, but we got it done. Um, on a personal note, I've got. A little knee surgery coming up this Friday. I've got a little arthroscopic procedure that I have to have done on my left knee. Been having a left knee issue for a few months now, and it's uh, just time to get it fixed. So, I'm gonna have a little arthroscopic knee surgery on Friday over, uh, and so hopefully that goes well, and we'll probably be out of action off the football field for probably three weeks. So hopefully at the end of three weeks I'll be being able to get back on the field and officiate the remainder of the high school season. Definitely look forward to doing that. So uh, hopefully there will not be any complications. So, all right, on the episode tonight, we are going to talk today, we're going to talk Andrew Luck retirement, that bombshell retirement announcement of Andrew Luck, quarterback of the Colts. I'll try to give you my opinion on his retirement and what I think he was maybe thinking or not thinking. The NFL preseason wrapped up finally. Jeez. We are eight days away from the NFL season on September the 8th. We got a game that's coming up Thursday night, Packers and Bears, to kick off the season. The 100th season of the NFL. So you're going to see a lot of 100-year tributes of different things throughout the year from the NFL. We'll talk a little NFL preseason. Final cuts are going on uh, today. Most of the your, your, your final teams have to get down to 53 men today. There'll be a ton of roster moves that, that have some have already happened and more are happening today. We'll talk college football. Today's the first actual Saturday of college football. So we're gonna there's a decent slate of games. We'll we'll talk, I'll talk a little college football, kind of my predictions for the final the, the four playoff teams. And we'll wrap up. I'm going to give you some pewter picks for the week. I'm going to give you some uh, games that I think uh, against 
the spread. I'm going to pick four or five games against the spread, college games. All right, so let's start with Andrew Luck. Bombshell announcement last Saturday night, about 9 o'clock at night. The word got out from Adam Schefter that uh, Luck was going to announce his retirement. Uh, interesting facet of the story was that Luck had initially planned on make, having a press conference on Sunday, but Schefter got the confirmation that it was happening, and so he tweeted it out Saturday night. And so with all the hysteria and hype and all that stuff going around, that, that tweet, Andrew Luck and the Colts were actually playing a preseason game at the time of the, of that the tweet came out. Luck was not playing. He's been, he's been uh, we'll, we'll talk about this in a second, but he's been fighting a nagging calf ankle injury all offseason. And so Luck's sitting on the sidelines when the word gets out through the stadium that uh, in the Twitter world that Luck is going to retire. So Luck holds an impromptu press conference following the game to give his announcement uh, post-game after the preseason game. Very heartfelt, very emotional. You could tell it was really uh, a really, really, really tough decision for him. Um, as he's walking off the field at the end of the preseason game, apparently several fans and a contingent of fans started booing Luck, which, again, in the, in the, in the impact of the moment, I can't kill him for booing him because they probably didn't know all the details of the retirement of what was going on, really. But Andrew Luck gets booed walking off his own field at Lincoln at uh, in Indianapolis, walking off the stadium into the locker room post game. So it's a very tough situation. Again, very emotional for Luck. He he kind of outlined how he's been in pain the last three or four years. That he's been just you know injury, pain, recovery, rehab, and that he was just really honestly just tired of all the rehab that was needed. You know, he had a major shoulder injury uh, a year and a half ago where he missed basically all of a, the entire year. And then this offseason, apparently he's had a calf and ankle injury, a calf injury that's kind of seeped down to his ankle. And, and apparently the rehab has not responded very well. He hasn't, he's only practiced, well, I think he practiced once or twice the entire offseason. There was optimism that he was going to kind of be, they thought he was going to be potentially uh, well enough to play opening day. But luck... You know, he's a different guy. Luck is a Stanford guy. He's very intellectual, very smart guy. He's not, he loves the game of football. I don't think there's any doubt that he loves the game, but he's not the kind of guy that, that that's willing to do absolutely anything. And no matter what his body condition is, he's going to get out there and play. I think he's a guy that he, he's going to give it his, give it his, a great effort to get out there to rehab, be, to be able to play. But if his body just doesn't allow him to do it, or if he doesn't, if he's just tired of feeling, uh, you know, injured and rehabbing and I can understand that you know as, a, as, a, as an athlete you don't ever, you don't want to be constantly rehabbing an injury just to be able to get back just to barely be able to get back on the field I can imagine his quality of life in the offseason has not been very good the last few years because of all the rehab the necessity for all the rehab with his shoulder and with his leg he's a kind of guy that seems like he's a he, he'd be a kind of guy that likes to get out and travel and, and do different things and, and do athletic things. And when you're not able to do that kind of stuff on your limited amount of free time, it, it gets aggravating after a while. So I can definitely see where he was fed up and tired of all the rehab. 
the one thing I would say about the luck retirement announcement is it's you can't it's hard to do it ten days before the season. And I know they had a they, they think they have a capable backup in Jacoby Brissett, but you can't do that. You can't make that decision at the end of the third week of the preseason. If you're gonna if you if you if you really think this is what you're gonna do, the latest you can probably you should be doing this is probably right before the draft, you know, or or in May. Because you're you're really putting the Colts in a bad spot as far as just the morale of the team, you know, the culture. By many prognosticators, many people think the Colts are going to be a serious contender in the AFC. Would be with Luck to go to the Super Bowl. Luck was the comeback player of the year last year in 2018. He had a really good year, really good team. Uh, lots of things, you know, lots of positives going on for the Colts, and all of a sudden Luck drops a bombshell. 10 days before the season starts so uh or you know 12 13 days before the season starts so again i have no problem with andrew luck retiring um but i would say the timing was was very poor i mean he i mean he really waited till the absolute uh to me he went too far as far as not giving the colts enough time it sounds like he's been talking to the colts for the last couple of weeks you know, just telling them what he's feeling, what he's thinking. So I think they kind of knew a couple of weeks ago what was going on. But the ultimate decision was not until last Saturday night. And so the Colts are in a tough spot. You know, you got Jacoby Brissett. Who knows, would they have drafted somebody had they known back in April? Would they have drafted a kid? Would they have made a trade for somebody? Do they really believe in Jacoby Brissett? They're all. They're obviously going to give the the perception that they do believe in him publicly, but you know they know that they only, only they know that. Um, so the Colts decide to not re, not try and recoup any of the signing bonus money. There's about twenty four twenty five million dollars that the Colts could have recouped due to this retirement. The Colts let Andrew Luck keep all that money. Um, and so one thing I would say to Andrew Luck is if you're going to do this, you, you one of two things should happen. You either, and they've obviously negotiated the, the, uh, an agreement to where he's not going to return the money, uh, of the signing bonus money, the prorated part of the signing bonus that the Colts have every would have every intention to write. And if they wanted to recoup that money, they could. Luck needs to really make a concerted effort to to reinvest those, those a, a high percentage of those dollars back into in, in the Indianapolis community through his, through his foundation, charities, variety of different things, whatever. But it's not a good look when Andrew Luck walks out the door with twenty four million dollars um, of money that the Colts could have could have asked for back again. I think they're not going. The couple reasons why I don't think they're going to ask for the for the money back is one, he's a you know he's a he's a he's a star star player and and he's been a good guy for the organization. He followed Peyton Manning. Um, he's been nothing but uh, exemplary as far as with the media and with the with his teammates and all that kind of stuff. So he's a, he's a really good guy. There's no doubt, no debate about what kind of guy he is. Also, the Colts are trying to leave the door open for Luck, kind of a goodwill gesture that if, that if a year from now Luck says, you know what, I really miss playing football. I'm feeling better now. I'm healthy. I want to give this another run. I think those are the two reasons that the Colts really aren't going to ask for the weren't going to ask for the money back. Had they asked for the money back, it, not that it would have gotten ugly, but it would have definitely been a contentious situation with Luck. And then had Luck chosen to come back and play in a year or so, there would have definitely been some animosity and some and some um, 
hard feelings as far as the money goes. So I think those are the two reasons why the Colts did not ask for the money back. Um, but again, do I think Andrew Luck could come back and play in a year? Absolutely. I think a year away from the game for Luck, he's going to miss it. Um, again, I don't know, obviously I don't know Luck on any kind of personal level, but he seems like he's the kind of guy that really enjoys football. Um, he just wants to do it when he's, when he's healthy and not be rehabbing all the time. So I think maybe a year away from the game, maybe even two years, it might be something, he's only 29 years old, so it might be something where he takes a couple years off, comes back and decides he wants to come play in two years and, and, I guarantee you he would have a major market for him if he if in two years from now he said I want to play again, there would be five ten to, there would be five or ten teams lined up to try to sign Andrew Luck or make a trade or even if the Colts wanted to keep him. So, <clears throat> Jacoby Brissett is a guy has one year left on his contract, so this is a, this is a make or break year for Brissett. If he plays well, he'll get a big he'll get a big deal from somebody. Is it the Colts? Well, we'll see. Um, if he plays well with the Colts, do they do they sign him to a big deal, and which basically would shut the door on Andrew Luck? Or at the end of this year, do, even if he plays well, do, do the Colts make another phone call to Andrew Luck and say, hey, what are you thinking? I definitely think they will keep in touch. Uh, Luck will be definitely on the radar. That'll be something you'll be hearing all kind of speculation about throughout the year. Is, is Would Luck come back? Yada, yada, yada. So... Very interesting situation in Indianapolis. Jacoby Brissett, Andrew Luck. You know, I hope Luck's doing the right thing. Obviously, you want, you want him to be healthy. Uh, luckily, it's not a head issue. It's more just just body different body parts not feeling well. And Luck may have the Luck just might have the type of body that doesn't recover. Very, you know, it takes a while to recover. Not everybody's body is the same as far as recovery and rehab. So we'll have to see how that goes. So Andrew Luck. Retired from the NFL after seven years. Is he a Hall of Famer? I don't think he is. Very good. Excellent. But I don't think Andrew Luck today is a Hall of Famer. Now, he was on a Hall of Fame track, and I think he would have gotten in the Hall of Fame if he plays another five or six years. But is he a Hall of Famer today? I don't think so. NFL preseason. Oh, my God. Thank God this disaster is over. I mean, this is something that the league is, is going to get fixed. I, they've already there's been a lot of chatter about the players' association and the in the union and the um, owners getting together and coming up with a new format for the season. A lot of talk about a 17 or 18 game regular season, shortening the preseason to two games, adding an additional bye. We, we so every team will have two buys. I heard an interesting uh, proposal that I think would be very good. Play 17 games. Two buys, and one of the and, and on the seventeenth that one of the seventeen games is every team would play in an alternate neutral site location, whether it's Mexico, whether it's London, whether it's Canada. So that seventeenth game, you'd have seventeen, you'd have matchups. You basically have to have sixteen games worth of of, of non home games. So basically, you. Games in Europe, games in uh, Canada, games in Mexico. You could have 16 of those kind of games. Every team plays one neutral site game to where uh, you still every team still keeps their eight home games, and every team plays one neutral site game a year, which is 17. Two buys, two preseason weeks. The players are going to get a little bit bigger piece of the revenue pie, being that they're going to play 
a 17th game. The owners also, there are lots of talk about expanding the playoff to seven teams per, per conference. So you would have just the top seed would receive a buy instead of the top two teams receiving a buy like it is currently. I think that's a good I think that'd be a good idea. 17 games, two buys, two preseason games, expand the playoffs. I think you'll see the players get marijuana taken off the substance abuse list. I think that'll be something you'll see in the next uh, collective bargaining agreement to where uh, that's going to be remedied because so many guys one use marijuana for a one it, it's a it's a rehab. It helps you feel better. And two, it's just such a recreational drug where it's so much accepted around the country now they're going to take that off the, I think they're going to take that off the banned substance list where that won't be a positive drug test type situation where we'll be tested for marijuana so um, interesting situation sounds like Jadavian Clowney is about to be traded to Seattle um, Clowney's on a franchise tag that he hasn't signed yet so it sounds like the Seahawks are going to make a trade Sounds like the Seahawks might be trading the Texans an offensive lineman back. That's the big glaring need for the Texans is an offensive is offensive lineman. Clowney and J.J. Watt, very good combination, but but Clowney's just ex- very very expensive, and you can't you can't pay everybody. So if they were to trade him for an offensive lineman, a starting you know tackle, sounds like Dwayne Brown might be the name they're talking about, who used to play for the Texans before they traded him to Seattle. If they reacquire Dwayne Brown to play left tackle, it feels a glaring need for them. Could be a win-win situation because it didn't sound like Houston was going to pay huge money to, to retain uh, Jadavian Clowney long-term. So it might be a good fit for both teams. LaShawn McCoy has been released on Saturday from by the Buffalo Bills. It'll be interesting where he, where he lands. He he's, he's on the back end of his career, but he probably has one more good year, decent year left in him. And can be a good player for somebody. Don't be surprised if the Eagles jump in the mix to bring him back to Philadelphia. Don't be surprised if Tampa Bay might be in the mix. Um, so you, you'll you'll see he'll he'll be claimed. Somebody will somebody will sign Lashawn McCoy pretty quick. Uh, he'll definitely I think go to a contending team, somebody who's who's close, and there's an opportunity for him to play. So again, don't be surprised if you see him in. Philadelphia, or you might even see him in Dallas. Don't be surprised if the Cowboys, with the Zeke Elliott situation, take a flyer on LaShawn McCoy. He could be the kind of guy that could be a three or four week fill-in. Because it sounds like one Jerry Jones is not going to pay Zeke Elliott off the bat. He's not going to pay him top of the top of the market money as the, as the highest paid running back. Nor should he. Zeke Elliott has not earned the right to be the number one paid running back due to his off-field antics, his suspensions. He's a hell of a running back. He's a he's a very good back, but he's not. There's no way I'm paying a running back fifteen million dollars. Uh, I would pay him twelve or thirteen, but I'm not paying him fifteen million dollars to where that sacrifices two more guys that you can't re-sign on other parts of the football team. Because um, again. Lifespan of a running back is typically seven or eight years. Uh, Elliott still has two more years on his contract. So if Elliott wants to sit, let him sit. He's, he's going to be in no different situation than he was. If he doesn't play it down this year, he's in the exact same situation next year. And so I think you'll see Zeke Elliott by week three. You'll see Zeke Elliott back in camp with the Cowboys. Um, and again, I, I, I don't blame Jerry Jones for not paying him top dollar.
and I'm not paying Dak Dak Prescott forty million dollars either. He he'll get thirty two. Here's thirty two. Dak, take it or leave it. You want to play on? You want to risk it all too? Go for it. But NFL preseason, we'll be definitely starting talking about regular season in next week's episode. We'll break down all the games in week one, some storylines. But uh, preseason's over, no major injuries, other than you know Lamar Miller for the Texans, the running back's out for the year, but not a lot of injuries. Most teams have gone to the, to the, to the uh, operation of not playing their quarterback and their starters very much in the preseason. Even in the third game, they did not. many teams did not play their guy very long. So get to the regular season healthy. That is the goal for all these teams, and that's, I think, the, the, what you've seen. The major cut down, there's going to be over, let's see, over nine, over a thousand players get cut in the next today by the end of the day on Saturday. Today's the first cut down. There'll be a ton of transactions, team, people getting claimed off of other teams, practice squads. There'll be some trades, all that kind of stuff. So it'll be interesting this, these next day, day or so from a personnel perspective, will be very interesting of what teams do as far as salary cap implications and all that. Because remember, salary does not count against the salary cap unless you're on the roster week one. And if you're on the roster week one, you're getting paid for the entire season. So you'll see some of these, some of these aging veterans will get cut and a team will not sign them until after week one, because that makes their, their, their contract not guaranteed and basically a week to week contract. So you'll see some of these guys that have, have been used to making a lot of money that might get cut. They won't get signed until after week one. So, that's why it's because if they get signed before week one and they're on the roster week one, the team has to pay them their entire salary for the season, no matter if they play one game or 16 games. Whereas if you sign them after week one, going into week two, week three, week four, and you only need them for one or two weeks and he's not, not working out, then you only pay him for one or two weeks and you don't have to pay him for all six to 17 weeks. So just a little tidbit there. So. That's kind of the story of the NFL. Again, next week we'll hit the NFL hard as we head into week one. Again, Thursday night prediction. We got Chicago minus about three and a half hosting the Green Bay Packers. Uh, again, I think, uh, again, it'd be a very interesting dynamic you're going to see between LaFleur and uh, Rodgers. Year two of Matt Nagy and the Trubisky Bears offense. Can uh, The Bears found a kicker. The defense should be a little bit of an adjustment now. Vic Fangio gone as a defensive coordinator for the Bears, off to Denver. Now you got Chuck Pagano as the DC in Chicago. So we'll see how that goes. There's always a little bit of an adjustment when you get a new defensive coordinator. So uh, close game. I think it'll be a, a good game. I think uh, close game. I think under a field goal. Field goal game. I think field goal game. Either way, I could see Green Bay winning the game. Um, on the road in Chicago, I would probably take Green Bay in the three and a half. All right, college football, full force today starts the college football season. We had a good opening week last week between Florida and Miami. Wasn't a great game, but it was a pretty competitive game. Florida, Florida escapes 24-20. Not very impressed with Felipe Franks. Two bad interceptions. Just, just is not a consistent enough player for my liking. Uh, the Miami offensive line was a sieve. Quarterback gets sacked ten times. A quarterback played pretty well actually, but when he was upright. But
but he got just hammered, got sacked 10 times by the Gator defense. And granted, the Gators do have a very good defense, but you can't, ever get, you can't get sacked 10 times under no circumstance. So Miami needs to shore up that offensive line. Uh, Jaron Williams, the quarterback for Miami, needs to be a little quicker with his decision-making, throw the ball away. He, three, two or three of those sacks were definitely on him for holding the ball. You got to throw the ball away and live to play another down. But again, when he when he did have time, I, I was impressed with what he did. He was he was confident. He had a good arm. Hit 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 the open guys. So I think Miami's got a chance to be pretty decent. The defense for Miami's pretty good too. So I definitely think Miami will be in the mix in the ACC. Florida, I just don't know if they can beat Georgia with that quarterback play. Uh, they're going to beat most everybody they play because they're just better, but the quarterback play is going to be very apparent when you're playing the Georgias of the world, when you have to play Auburn, those kind of things. So I'm uh, just not sure Felipe Franks is the answer. I don't think he is. I don't know. I know they have, an, they, have a, they had a big recruit last year, Emory Jones, who's on the bench. I don't know where he at is at in his development and how, how much he can push Franks for the job, but um, we'll see. Final four playoff predictions. I'm going to predict Alabama, Clemson, Texas, and I'm going to go a Pac-12 team. I don't know why I think that, but I no, you know what? I'm going to go Alabama, Clemson, Texas, and I'm going to go Georgia. And I think that the fifth, the fourth spot's going to be between Georgia and a Pac-12 team. I think you're going to see a potential Oregon, Washington situation. One of those two teams is going to be right there in the mix. Oregon's got a huge game to kick it off tonight against Auburn. So we'll see how that goes. Slate of games for today is okay. It's not bad. You got some a couple of good matchups. You got Auburn-Oregon tonight. You got Florida State-Boise State. You got Duke and Alabama. Clemson played on Thursday night. Oklahoma plays Sunday night. Notre Dame plays at Louisville on Monday night. So... A, a plethora of games to watch this weekend. You have some interesting storylines. You got uh, you got Nebraska. A lot of people think Nebraska is going to do well. Wisconsin came down here to Tampa last night and throttled South Florida. Very shocking result. Forty nine nothing final. Wisconsin just dismantles Charlie Strong and the Bulls. Uh, Charlie Strong with a new offensive coordinator, Kerwin Bell. The offense was just very very. Not very good at all. The defense was was still laboring. Jonathan Taylor with a big game for Wisconsin at the running back position. He's the number one running back in the country going into the season. So a very impressive win by Wisconsin. Again, nobody, I don't think anybody saw that score coming. Um, so this will be a very interesting weekend and week for the South Florida Bulls as far as turning that around a little bit. But again... Um, slate of games, not, not a lot of great matchups. Again, Auburn and Oregon is probably the number one matchup going into tonight, prime time out in Texas. And I'm going to give you some pewter picks in just a minute, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into, we'll get into the college football schedule as, as, as some of the games get a little bit better in the, in future weeks. So. But again, the first number, the first weekend of full-blown college football for everybody, games all over the place today, Sunday, Monday, all that good stuff. So for all of us football fans, we're glad it's back. No matter what channel you turn on, there's going to be a game on. So enjoy your college football. Quick, quick couple notes on the U.S. Open. 
Huge matchup today for the women. You got 15-year-old Coco Goff against number one seed Naomi Osaka. Will be a primetime match tonight on ESPN. So that'll be a, that'll be a fun one. You got Federer. You got uh, Djokovic apparently with a shoulder injury. So we'll see how that unfolds the, the next week week and a half. Um, the second second week of the tournament. You got Federer kind of rounding into form a little bit. You got Dahl playing well. Serena played very well yesterday. So all your heavyweights are still in the tournament, which is good for uh, ratings, TV. It'll be good some good drama this weekend. Again, if you like if you're a tennis fan. Night matches at the U.S. Open are always fun. They play really late at night, till probably t usually till 12, 1230 at night. Uh, you have, you're going to have a, a full plethora of matches this weekend, Labor Day weekend at the U.S. Open, New York City, beautiful weather. Again, you're going to have Osaka and golf tonight. It's going to be a huge match as far as TV goes, the 15-year-old versus the defending, uh, the defending U.S. Open champion. You had this. You have the whole Serena controversy from last year with uh, the, the the chair umpire Ramos. Remember, Osaka is the one who beat Serena last year in the in the U.S. Open final when all the controversy happened with the uh, with the chair umpire. If you want to watch a great a great story about that situation, watch what's called Backstory. It's an ESPN documentary. It really it's an hour long documentary that goes over the entire scenario of what happened during that uh, Serena. Uh, meltdown last year with the chair umpire uh it's a great they did a great job interviewing all the all the people involved except for ramos and serena but all the ancillary people they bring in uh former umpires they bring in other players analysts they have some great tv angle that's some great tv uh, uh audio that you know ne you've never heard before that outlines kind of what was going on in that situation so definitely catch backstory it's an ESPN documentary by Don Van Natta. Very well done. So I always like the U.S. Open. Love night matches. One of these days I'm going to go to the U.S. Open one, one day for a day. Go up to New York for the day and, and go to the U.S. Open because that's one thing I would I enjoy. I'm a, I'm a, I, I do like tennis and uh, like watching and all that stuff, So especially during the majors. All right, let's get to the pewter picks for the week. I'm going to give you four picks this week. Most weeks, I'm going to give you some college picks and some NFL picks. All right. I had Utah Thursday night, by the way. Utah minus six in the Holy War versus BYU. I also had a little tidbit I had. I liked Georgia Tech scoring more than 10 points against Clemson, which they did. They scored 14. Uh, so that was kind of a little interesting uh Side side action. It was I had I I really I like Georgia Tech scoring more than ten points versus Clemson, which they did. All right, so for the slate for today, gonna go Oregon. We like Oregon plus the three and a half against Auburn. I like Ole Miss plus the four against Memphis. That number was all the way up to six and a half a few days ago, and it's come all the way down to four. So I like Ole Miss. Rich Rodriguez. Uh, the new offensive coordinator and in, at Ole Miss, a shout-out to Calvin McGee, a guy that, that I met this uh, this summer, the tight ends coach at Ole Miss, former Tampa guy. A couple of buddies of mine know Calvin pretty good, so uh, shout-out to Calvin and the Ole Miss Rebels, plus the four in the Liberty Bowl versus Memphis. I like Boston College, plus four-and-a-half against Virginia Tech. Home game, conference game. 
Steve Adazio doing a really good job at Boston College. They've always been a pretty fundamental team. Good defense, good running game. I think four and a half. I'll take the four and a half. Wouldn't shock me if they won the game outright. And I'm also going to do a, I also like a teaser. I like Florida State and Stanford in a two-team six-point teaser. Basically, both those teams are about six-and-a-half-point favorites, so you tease them down to basically just win the game. Florida State, Stanford together. There are your pewter picks for this week. All right, so we'll see you on the next episode. If you got any comments, you want to send us a note, send us a comment at KickTheFB. Is it a Twitter feed? At KickTheFB. Instead of football, it's just FB. Kick the FB. You want to send us an e- send me an email, comments, suggestions, whatever. Sportspowers at yahoo.com. Sportspowers at yahoo.com. Love to hear from you. Tell a friend. Share the share the podcast. Subscribe. All that good stuff. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. Uh, love to hear from you. So. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend. We'll be back next week for our week one NFL preview. Love it. NFL season, college football, Saturday, Sundays, lots of action, all that good stuff. Enjoy your weekend. All my people on the East Coast of the Florida, especially, stay safe this weekend with the storm coming. Hopefully, we don't get too much rain here. Hopefully, I wake up after my knee surgery and all that good stuff. So, Have a great Labor Day weekend. See you next time on the Powers on Sports Podcast.